Welcome back to everybody's favorite literature review podcast. This is Literature Reapers. I am one of your amazingly um, distracted hosts, Casey. And this is the show where we read a book, talk about it, and give our thoughts as to whether or not we like the book or not. Generally, we like the book unless Shanna picks it. But My ass. we won't go down that road. I mean... <laughs> there. Uh, there. So before the we start slinging shit all over the place and seeing what sticks on the walls, um, we obviously more have than you'd expect. your other yeah, a lot more. We have your other reapers are with us today. Say hello, um, COVID free Queenie B. That's me. Finally, COVID free. I'm excited. He's fucking sad. You sound so excited. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still recovering. Gonna let but... go of the possibility that I just literally said say hello, blah blah blah, blah and not do the whole feel like you always. Do. I know, I didn't do it. Are you sad? Are you feeling okay, George? Come take your wife's temperature. He's no, George, don't come put anything under your wife's tongue. We don't need that kind of. <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know, if you want to see it, you can stick it in her butt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do butt stuff. Not even temperature? Say what now? Not even your temperature? Oh, well, if I have to, that's different. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, if though, that a uh, rectal thermometer isn't going to be like freaking <clears throat> breaking a Cack in the ass. Yeah. Like my worst nightmare is getting down this morning. My worst nightmare as a parent was getting the rectal and oral thermometers mixed up with my kid. I'm not prepared to go down this morning. Anyway, morning. It's afternoon. Welcome to Amanda back to the show. Uh, it's one o'clock. It's morning for me. It's not morning for me, but I feel like it. I haven't slept for shit in the last week or so. But also joining us on this episode of Literature Reapers, we have everybody's favorite banana. Shanna is with us. Say hello, Shanna. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> that was great. That was a little bit high pitched for me, but oh well. 
I'm very excited to announce we have our first legitimate guest on Literature Reapers. I almost said an evening at the movies, but I stopped myself. We never had guests there. We have guests on an evening at the movies. Some, not oh actually God, in a while. A joke. Oh, I know. Are you making phrases? Generally, for our guests on I'm separating them. I like it. I'm I'm trying to figure Never. out what. What? Well, I was just going to say, generally, our guests on an evening at the movies are Chancy and other people from the I did not make these ranking podcast network. But speaking of Chancy and being a guest on an evening at the movies, welcome to <laughs> Literature Reapers for the first time ever. Mr. I know, Chancy right? Drive himself. What's up? And Casey. Yeah, Casey actually wanted to. She wanted to tell you guys. <laughs> it's actually just for Shannon. Are, are you here to show us your boobs or? <laughs> no, actually, it, it's it, a boob fact. It actually involves boobs, but not not a not so a not if a, you're yeah. a female and you're not having um, problems burping, lift your titty and jiggle it. Yep, it'll make you burn. Yeah, see. I just I tried that. it the other day and it fucking worked. Yeah. TikTok awesome. has saved my life in more ways than one. <laughs> TikTok has saved my life in more ways than one, she says. <laughs> I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Wow. That's kind of, she was just like, I have to tell them. And I was like, okay, well, come fucking tell them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's nothing more. Two consecutive episodes that you've been on where your better half has popped in and photobombed you. Yeah, I know. I know, right? She's a fixture. Yeah, why not? She is. We need to get your better half on one of these shows. I I mean I'm sure I'm sure that she would probably be all right with that. I would hope like, so. I mean she, all she needs to do is just pick a damn movie and we'll get her on an evening at the movies. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, she's just she's just shy. So she will you know. I'll I'll get her talked into it though. <coughs> what are you talking about? Uh, oh, I'm. I'm I, I, that's why I made the face because I was not being serious. <laughs> Getting you on these shows, any of them, just in general. Oh, she's all about the book show because she's like, I love reading. I forgot that she's a reader. We it looks like we got ourselves a reader. Okay. Well, we may just have to do away with one of our viewer selection month choices <laughs> and let Casey pick a damn book and we'll read the book and she can come on and discuss it with us. Yeah, yeah I'll tell her. Yeah. So you can pick a book and then they read it and then Oh. She's like, "No, she's like, I don't want to pick it. I don't want to pick it." No. <laughs> that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> I I listen. I picked this book, so I mean, if it's if 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 it sucks, I mean, obviously that's clearly. If anybody is watching this that knows anything about any of the other shows that we've all been on, all they have to do is be like, "Oh, this book. Oh, that motherfucker definitely picked that shit." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I could probably name at least fifteen people that we all have recorded with that if they're coming into this blind, are gonna know as soon as we announce the title of the book. That is fucking Chansey. All Chansey. Not that I haven't seen any of the movies, 
Right, and, and that's part of the reason, you know, why it went down that way. It's kind of a play in, like, whoa. Well, and here's the thing, too, is, well, let's go ahead and let, because there may be some people listening to this that aren't necessarily avid listeners of an evening at the movies. And if you're not, shame on I'm you. I'm not going to be rude about yeah. it, but definitely shame on you. Because An Evening at the Movies is a great show that will be turning three years old in February. And probably about the middle of January, we're going to be hitting our 200th episode. So there's nice. a lot of stuff out there. And if you don't like a certain thing, I can guarantee you there's something else in our vast library of episodes that you can get behind and enjoy. So definitely Or check recommend out- your own fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like what we've done, freaking man up, recommend a movie, and come on and discuss it with us. Because what is the rule, Amanda, for recommending movies on an evening at the movies? No movies are denied. <laughs> I've shamed up a ton of times. It bit us in the ass more than once, and a couple of those times have been by the woman who is actually underneath Chansey on my screen right now. Down there. Yep. That bitch. Yep. <laughs> and cool she's proud that? of the fact that she's made me watch some horrifically bad movies as well. Luckily <laughs> for Amanda, she hasn't had the torture of having to be on said episodes. That's I bet true. Amanda would have enjoyed because Cool as Ice. I think I would have. <laughs> looking at the man say? candy that is Robert Van Winkle. <laughs> I would Why don't you drop that candy. zero and get with a hero? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm missing an so, era. What era am I missing? I feel like while you do that, I'm going to go ahead because <laughs> I started down a road of saying for anybody who hasn't followed an evening at the movies and doesn't necessarily know who Chancey is. Chance, let all the listeners know where or what you do and where they can find you guys. Uh, I am a co-host on a podcast called Maniacal Music Musings, also known as Maniacal Music Musifications. That's right. Yeah, Maniacal Music music, Musicings. Yep, then also known as that. Where There's my a thousand names for that show, and not a damn one of them that we say makes the host of the show very happy. It gets him very pissed off yeah, when we do it. I know. I think it's I think it's great, but that's also because I grew up with a name that everybody fucked up. So I just every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. But like, uh, you know, what we do is we have somebody come on, have them pick an album. We all pick an album. Three albums down, three albums up, fifteen or uh, fifteen selections, five from each album, and uh, monthly brackets, usually involving an artist or, as in this case, it's going to be the uh, top five hundred uh, Billboard uh, selection over the course of the next eternity. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and one thing Forever. I love about the show is and i've been on there before it opens you up to music that you necessarily wouldn't have yeah dabbled in before so i've actually found some music that i enjoy and it has made its way onto my liked music on spotify well thank you spoiler alert and if you obviously haven't listened to my episode that i was on 
we very different spectrums from all three angles with the albums we picked for that. I took and brought Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Yep. Great album, by the way. Not necessarily the most iconic album of the 80s, but one of the greats of the 80s. Um, Chancey brought uh, Queen album. Yep, yep. Sheer Heart Attack. And then Jeremy out of freaking left field, because he knows that I'm a Stephen King fan, brought some band I had never heard of before, but everything on the freaking album had some deep-rooted dark tower thematic meaning to it. Nice. Yeah. I actually went through and listened to everything. And their music wasn't actually bad. So I actually got turned on to an artist I'd never heard of before. And it actually wasn't bad. So definitely, I highly recommend checking out Maniacal Music Musifications. And um, <laughs> I feel like my, my Maniacal guess, Music Musicings. I kind of feel like yeah. my guest ticket has been revoked since I suggested Kids Bop. Oh really? No, that I don't. I don't know of any revocation of any. I don't think anybody's ever been revoked on the show. So I haven't actually been invited back. So it may be oh. unofficial. Well, no, I, I'm I'm officially saying if you want to come on the show, I'm all about it. Bring the fucking bring bring the kids, Bob. I'll pull out my nuclear deterrent. We'll have a horrible time. It'll be awful, and I'll love it. Well, I mean, technically. Half of the show is Chancey, so Chancey can put his foot down and say, "No, damn it, Jeremy, you're overridden. I'm bringing Shanna on the show with Kids Bob." Well, I mean, even if it is Kids Bob, that's going to be so bad. It's going to be so awful. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Maybe some Kenny G. <laughs> oh, I'd rather have Kenny G. I'm not even going to lie. I I equally hate that. Oh damn. <laughs> but well, I mean between between that and <laughs> between that and like the tirades that we go on on each other's albums like most of the time we'll pick albums just to try to make each other you know just absolutely cringe oh yeah like I get Jeremy pretty good most of the time and then you know he'll pull something out like Cottonmouth Kings and then it's just like oh god why am I here <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I introduced you guys to an epic person, uh, Leon Bridges. Yeah. Excuse me for just a moment. Continue on. <laughs> but no, I was going to say, that's like one of my favorite dynamics is the going on a whole tirade just over the album. And it, sometimes I even, I, this, I'll, I'll give a little inside baseball. Sometimes I actually don't hate it as much as I say I hate it because it's just much more amusing to be like, this is fucking garbage. So what you're saying <laughs> is you secretly already have the Kids Bop album listened to and you're ready to go. I can neither confirm or deny this allegation. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. we're going to have to have your better half take the damn camera and go show us your music selections that you have. Oh, dude, that there is not enough time in the day for that. Just just with my records alone, that would be at least probably an hour. Yeah, it's and the then same, it, same thing with my DVDs. 
and then go through my lists on my on my like YouTube like list. That's like fifteen hundred songs, almost two thousand, I think, at this point, just from individual songs. My main Spotify playlist, I shit you not, is like seventy two hours long at this nice. point. Nice. So yeah, my nice. and it's not all one. Jo- it's literally yeah. I'm going to rip the fucking Band-Aid off right now and just say it because I know if we keep going down this fucking rabbit hole, the girls are going to bring it up. But there's even some Tay-Tay in my main... <laughs> hey, he's being won over, and it's very easy to do. I've there's, there's these guys on TikTok that I love because they are like... They're experiencing Taylor for the first time, and so they're reviewing our songs. Oh, like, yeah, those guys in the music so studio. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. <laughs> it's because okay. people get turned off by some of her super pop stuff, but I'm telling you, Casey's being won over. I mean, it, I, you know, there's so nothing wrong with that. Anybody who knows my generally my mu- movie and music taste, it tends to lean more towards the heavy emotional stuff. Amanda can attest for this because she's seen some of the shit that she and I have shared back and forth music wise. And she knows what one of my favorite, couple of my favorite movies of all time are. So definitely the fact that they threw together a 36 song list and gave it to me to listen to. And she definitely did not skimp on the heavy emotional stuff is definitely skewing the fact that maybe Tay-Tay is not as bad as I initially thought she was. She is a lyrical genius. She is. Yeah. So. I have a I have a bracelet that says Tay Tay. Can't remember where I put it. I Ooh, am not it. even a little surprised. Okay. Like, if you could see my face right now, it would be riddled with unsurprise. <laughs> <laughs> about about the bracelet or about Casey? <laughs> about your bracelet making. Oh yeah. You're like I have one that says Tay Tay, and I'm like, I'm not. Of course surprised. she does. If, of course she. Look, oh, but of course she look does. The bracelets. I was separating them by album, so I can. This is just like a random, but then I'm like, okay, which ones have I not made enough of? There's like seventy something bracelets here, y'all. You are gonna be a hit at the the Eras movie. I hope so. Okay, so before <laughs> we go any further down the road into <laughs> the announcing what we're talking about, I do actually have some an evening at the movies business I need to attend to. Before we start the episode for Literature Reapers. And just so I can make sure that I clarified this. Um, Chancy, when you had your birthday episode that we were all on back a few months back, we made you an icon on an evening at the movies, did we not? I believe so. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, I I'm pretty sure. So, but it was like we record a lot and I. Don't always freaking remember. I'm not that young anymore. I'm pretty sure. So, I'm pretty sure that it was the case because I remember it was like I was like, oh man, because it's not like something you do like super often. So I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I remember it. I I do remember that now. Okay, so not to be rude and mean, but we're not going to be doing it as regularly as we have in the past before. But okay. um, before. And that's nothing against you at all. 
but I'll explain it after I make <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that watch icon really fucked us over. <laughs> <laughs> I will explain after I make my next announcement. So because technically, um, well, I'm going to preface it by saying this and give me about two seconds. Do, 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 so, we have two general sets of icons on the show. We have the celebrity icons, which would include John Hughes, Robert Zemeckis, John Carpenter, Johnny Depp, Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, and birthday boy on Thursday himself, Mr. Stephen King. But then you also have our real-life icons, which include um, Amanda, the one below me, and... This week's guest on an evening at the movies, Tim Arnold. Uh, Dewey from The Overlook as well. Uh, Jennifer Higgins, Chris Cole, Kevin Stoner, Brandy Flaherty, Dre, Harvey, Kendra, uh, Megan Kelly from The Science of Novels. Fucking phone. Uh, <laughs> Joy Rice, Christian Patrick from Midwest Horror Co. And our graphic designer, Miss Kenzie Bryant. With that said, there is a group, section of that last group that should be recognizable as the fact that it's the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network. Minus me. Dick. <laughs> Let me finish what I'm talking about before you call me a dick. Um, One. I, I, you know, I think we need to change the trajectory of this episode now. <laughs> I was like, I was sitting here the whole time. I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, she's going to say something. She's going to say something. I know she's going to do it. That's because you've uh, known me for a decade. Because the fact that Dre and Harvey and Kendra and no shit. I, no, it, technically it's not only you that's left off the list. Cam's not CJ. But yeah, um, we're going to officially invite our Literature Reaper co-host, our An Evening at the Movies co-host, Miss Shannon Banana, to become An Evening at the Movies icon with the rest of the greatness that is that list that I just ran down. I kind of thought I already was, in the great words of Michael Orr from The Blind Side. Well, we didn't officially crown you. Now you're crowned. You can put it on your resume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, we could have just done the whole, the network is icons, and because you're part of the network, it's just implied. But we figured you're also a co-host on this show. You're also a co-host on an evening at the movies. You deserve to have your official moment in the sun, even if you freaking called me a dick and undercut me before I could even freaking make the announcement. Yeah, yeah, in the great words of Lil John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. So we've fooled around long enough for 22 fucking minutes, and we're not just now finishing the introduction. So, with that <laughs> said, we are here today to discuss the Clive Barker gothic horror classic, The Hellbound Heart. Which, for those of you yeah, who yeah. don't know, yeah, like I said, the <laughs> Hellbound Heart is a Clive Barker novella that released in November of 1986, uh, published by Dark Harvest and Harper Paperbacks. 
Um, it, other works that he has done, The Books of Blood, The Damnation Game, Weave World, The Great and Secret Show, Sacrament, and the sequel to The Hellbound Heart, The Scarlet Gospels. Also, as well, if you feel like you may recognize the name Clive Barker, he also wrote and directed the movie Hellraiser, which is the direct adaptation of this book. He is responsible for Candyman as well, as well as he won an Oscar for adapted screenplay for Gods and Monsters, which is about the director who did Frankenstein back in 1930, whatever. God, I don't remember. <laughs> and he also executive produced the 2022 Hellraiser remake as well. Which was fantastic. It was really good. Was it better than the original? Yes. The original is nasty. I tried to watch it the other night and it's just so gross. That's why oh my I enjoyed God. the remake better. It's because it wasn't so gag worthy. <sighs> Come on. We will get into because Here's the other thing, too, is I don't necessarily, because Amanda and I have talked about this, so I kind of sort of know her feelings on this movie, and I feel like I'm about ready to give her a free pass on the fact that we're going to do a crossover between the Hellbound Heart and a Halloween Horror Fest 2023 movie for an evening at the movies and do Hellraiser. So if you don't feel like you can handle doing the Hellraiser for an evening at the movies next month, you are more than welcome to take that week off. Oh, thanks for your permission. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, See, so. now... Can I okay. take PTO too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so, all for it. So for the minor... Like, I was going to have a full-blown you know, me version meltdown on it. But I was like, you know what? It's kosher because it's not, it's not for everybody. But at the same time, the reason that I almost rank it up there, like it's almost a three-way tie for me with Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the Hellraiser. Mostly like the first two and the remake. Um, I love them all, but for their own different reasons, some of them, uh, but I love the fact that in this, that the, you know, the bad guys aren't, the ones putting together a face puzzle in the movie. Like yeah, that's, yeah. it's so misleading where you think, Oh, the monster, the, the Oogie Boogie is the bad guy here. But, and then also like, you know, it, I'm not going to get into that because this is about the book and the book does not directly reflect shit that happens in the movie yeah. entirely for like cinematography and way stuff. less fecal matter in the movie. <laughs> Lots, yes, a lot less, a lot less fecal matter, and you know other things that I'm excited to talk about. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, dude, I realized it. Uh, I had, a, I got listening and not watching. Amanda's doing backflips on her screen right now. She's so excited. <laughs> I mean, I read this. I read this when I was pretty young, and then when I was doing it again this time around, I was like, "Wow, I." Uh, that is aggressive. <laughs> I really probably should have had some supervision on that one. <laughs> yeah, I watched Halloween when I was five, so. Yeah, I was I was watching like Hellraiser and TCM, right? That, yeah. 
I don't think Halloween goes as as aggressively after the horror as Hellraiser does. Yeah. Both literature-wise and cinematically. I think there's different types of horror as far as like oh, the way sure. that they try to frighten you. Like Halloween yeah. is more of the psychological. Like yeah, you see people get killed and stuff, but the stalking aspect of it is is what's scary. Whereas and the, I felt with music and dark and shadows, right? Um, and a, the boogeyman. And then I feel right. like with Hellraiser or the Hellbound Heart, it is taking the most grotesque experiences that you can imagine and bringing them into reality. And I think that is what for some people defines horror. That's what I don't want to say gets them off on horror because that's just gross. But it's suiting. Right. Yeah, it's very suiting. That's their their kink, their horror kink. You know what I mean? So I think I think Amanda and I have very similar horror kinks as far as what we like. Um and this just kind of wasn't it for me. Yeah, me either. But I read it and it, I kind of giggled whenever the the centipede or what do they call them? Centipede. The centibites. Yeah, it, centibites. it's basically a, a fancy word for but, monk. Yeah. So when the centipedes were talking, it sounded like Xerxes <laughs> from Three Hundred. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to let uh, Chancy because he is definitely probably the most knowledgeable on the subject explain the best he can to the listeners who may or may not have read the book before listening to this episode and exactly please call what, them centipedes please <laughs> exactly what the centibites are centipedes so <laughs> the the centibites um it. it's basically like a fancy word for monk but they reside in this alternate dimension that so happens to reside in wait this one La Merchant's box which oh, was that's, a, that's the nickname for my cooch <laughs> <laughs> yes La yes box. oh that is so great um, but the you know you have to earn the box but that's not something you you don't quite realize until after you know you kind of get into the weeds a little bit with it <laughs> Same. But when they're <laughs> when they <laughs> when they're summoned when they're summoned they 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 then take you and as my name explains you know they make you an explorer of the further reaches of experience and it ain't exactly what you're kind of looking for but it's what you're gonna find out and uh, it in a lot of ways works towards, you know, getting what you deserve and a lot, a lot more often than not. And it, I mean, the, as far as the lore goes, I mean, it goes pretty deep. Like it's a little, it's a puzzle box that was created and then imbued with magic power by a, a dark magician to summon, you know, to summon the demons of hell and then I haven't been a- I haven't been able to finish all the books of blood and and the uh, the direct sequel to it yet. I'm probably going to do that now that I reread this again for this uh, episode. But I love the I love the the 
the summarized lore stuff that I read up on just trying to figure it out when I started watching the movies. Just, it's great stuff. And all of the movies are available to stream. I, uh, I, yeah, I got them all on, I got physical copies because, you know, I was weird like that. <laughs> but you might have to, like, you know, piece together your streaming experiences with different subscriptions, but they yeah. are available if you want to watch them. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> so, I when I was sitting here going through the book, the image that popped into my head was, and this actually might be a light version, but if you've seen like the horror movie horror franchise, Wishmaster, yeah, that had a very the Cenobites had a very gin feel to it kind of you can kind of sort of make your wish and your wish will be granted but it'll be granted in the most twisted fucked up sense of the fucking word too so mm-hmm. yeah if you haven't watched the movie oh hey look Amanda's Baker's on TV right now um, then definitely check it out because it's weird and twisted but and a whole lot of body piercing yeah, and leather and bondage chains and stuff. Uh, yeah. So, what do we have for discussion questions? Beep, beep, boop, boop. Okay. <laughs> um, for the three of you, are there elements of this story that you think are frightening, or does the unsettlingness just come from the aggressive slap you in the face? We're not going to hold anything back. Subject matter. I mean, I, I thought. Part, oh, sorry. I, I thought there were parts of it that were kind of scary. You know, the. I, I mean, I think it would be terrifying to think you're going to open this box and get everything your heart desires, and then you're turned into a undead something something <laughs> that's kind of scary. well you, you don't always turn into a cenobite but you are tormented and tortured so you i guess technically you are undead but like it's it's, it's more like undying more than anything because like you, it's, it's to come back <laughs> yeah well it's yeah well there's that it's it, yeah because like the blood I also like that tie-in to it as well, because, like, well, I mean, we can kind of get into that when we go over the plot a little bit, but, like, I really, I personally didn't find anything, per se, scary about it, mostly just because of the fact that, like, as I was reading it, um, I had already seen the first movie, so, like, I kind of understood the premise. I was extremely fucking confused at who the fuck Rory was. <laughs> I was like, who, wait, <laughs> Who's Rory? Where's Where's Larry? He's curled up under my blanket. Oh, he's he, all he, tired he, out after watching the freaking Rock come back this week. But uh, I, you know, the just that first chapter where it goes into Frank and solving the box 
And like the memories thing and the sensation, all the sensation going to maximum capacity. That, like, I always, like, I was like, man, that's, I wish that they would have incorporated that somehow because, like, like I, it's one of those situations where it's like you don't really understand. Like, if, if they were going to do a remake or a reboot, they should have just done that. Like, solid, flat out, complete, total reboot. Not necessarily word for word because Rory is kind of a dumbass name to have for somebody in a book or a movie. But, like, in real life, Gilmore Girls fans are going to disagree with you. Exactly. What's that? Yeah, I never watched Gilmore Girls, so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> that doesn't really surprise me either. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I did uh, you one time at work wearing your Stars Hollow Fest Autumn Festival T-shirt, though. I, you know what? You told me you weren't going to tell anybody. <laughs> can't trust her with nothing. Nope. But like. The the question that I always had in the movie with how we got back was ex- perfectly explained in the book. And it's like, why couldn't, I mean, like, they could have, you know, if they had to quote unquote church it up for the movie, they could have made it where, like, instead of it being where he, you know, emptied his um, seed upon the funk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it was called a lot of shit. I mean, it was fucking. He fucking good God. But like, you know, if they would have made it to where like, oh, because he, you know, he bled there, like they ended up doing with Julia for the second movie and shit like that. But like that, that's, they could have totally used that and still made it work, which is kind of what they did in the first place. Now that I think about it, but they never explained it. And the explanation in the in the midst of all the description, I love how de- I love how descriptive the book is. Like when it talks about the sensations that he's going through, when you know, like everything's going on all at once, and it's to the point where he can't handle it. And then, and then the memories kick in, and it's like Jesus Christ. Okay, this has gone from bad to worse. And I, I mean, it wasn't necessarily scary, but I'm thinking about it in the sense like, God damn, could you imagine? It's also kind of reminiscent to the whole, like, whole your life flashes before your eyes business. So, just along the lines of what Chancey was saying about the descriptiveness in the book, this is probably one of the most descriptive novellas that I've read in a long time that is not written by Stephen King. Stephen King is notoriously famous for being overly descriptive very descriptive <laughs> and then you end up with like a freaking 500 page plus fucking textbook Clive Barker goes to the same level of descriptiveness but the hellbound heart literally this copy in my hand right now is 164 fucking pages long yeah you get a lot of great imagery imagery it, with half the fucking paper printed on so he's very environmentally friendly and saves the trees <laughs> and then that whole section where it's all like right before everything goes horribly wrong for him when he comes to and the description that it has for the engineer like i'm not gonna lie when i first read that like that made my that made my tummy flutter a little bit i was like that like that that 
that shouldn't that shouldn't sound hot that shouldn't sound hot but that sounds really fucking hot like that this like this shouldn't this shouldn't this shouldn't be okay but it's i kind of like it and i mean you yeah, know twisted like that though so we've come to expect it from you i know but at the same time like this is where, like i was reading this when i was younger like i said and it's like What's going on here? Why do I, I like this so much? I just make my pee pee twitchy. <laughs> 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 ah, shit! Damn. But like, yeah, definitely. Uh, Clyde Barker is not. I could make an argument where, like, some of King's older stuff, if you have the right frame of mind as a younger, like, late, like, 10, 11, 12 year old, might be okay. A lot of Clyde oh. Barker. <laughs> Yeah, you you're looking at probably not being appropriate until <laughs> at least late junior high, early high school. I was gonna say when you're when you're thirty. That line, and then as soon as it gets to the line, he fucking takes a giant fucking leap right off the fucking cliff. Yeah, but that I mean, it it, it if it's done right, which I I mean, I, in this case, it's about as close to done right as you can get with what you're talking about and not losing the the staying value of what you're trying to get across. Yeah. This one does this one does a pretty damn good. I uh I I I mean honestly when like like re-listening to it these past few times that I have like I I've I, I don't know if I've ever told you guys. It's like I don't really read nonfiction books. Uh, I think I, I think I've probably read like maybe three of them, including this one. Oh wow! In my life, as far as nonfiction, like or fiction books, I'm sorry, nonfiction books. I read. I like. I'm, I mean, I'll usually do audio books and whatnot, but like, I, I'm much more into stuff that like really happened. I can't. I can't see it in my head. Where's your? But knife? this one. This one sure this one sure broke on through to the other side, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Again, at the same time, like you said though earlier though, you love the Halloween. Yeah. And you were one of the first people that ever told me that you loved Halloween ends. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean I still like it, just not as much as I did when it first came out, because like you know, it doesn't quite have that shine that it did, like the new car shine. <laughs> I still like it for what it was, though. It never shined, in my opinion. But, you know, like <laughs> we've had this discussion on an evening at the movies, though, too, where, like, we're in the midst of doing a run through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. And I'm fixing to put a pin in that one really quickly because I know what is coming up next. And I'm not ready for Matthew McConaughey. Come on, that's the best part. <laughs> uh -huh. That's the best part. But yeah, definitely Chancey has a love for the great aggressive horror. And Halloween does have an aggressive horror style to it. Maybe not as much as Texas Chainsaw and Hellraiser. But you know, I like. I still like it. Well, of course you do. Um, do you guys feel? What do you guys feel is the 
thematic meanings that Barker wanted to come portray in this book? Like what what message is he trying to get across with this story? Um I don't know. It's hard for me to like other than I'm a weird deviant prude. Stop trying to want <laughs> what you can't have. Yeah. And nothing is ever perfect. Like people make these wishes and you know <coughs> based on what they want most and then they think they're getting it and then they really just get torture porn, which kind of puts a you know yeah. in it. <laughs> They're like, damn it, that's not what I wanted. Like, yeah. yeah. That is not the thing. You're, you're just you're wishing to be a part of the jigsaw world, and here's what we're gonna do. Exactly. See um, I I feel yeah. that I feel that uh, one of the messages that he was trying to get out was that sometimes that which looks the most horrific isn't the worst thing in the sense that like you know you got these cenobites that love the torture the torture porn as as it was described but they're not even they're they're but they're not the they're not the bad guys at all in the book like Frank's a bad guy because (laughs) well technically Julie is the bad guy Frank Frank is already a bad guy he got the box and he was ended up getting what he deserved in the place that it keeps you in the in the netherworld or whatever Frank got the box all right yes sir and he left a lasting impression on that motherfucker too if you think about it I mean I don't know I mean, there, there's one funny thing that they was always behind the scenes on the uh, when they were recording the movie or shooting the movie was that one of the ladies says that it should be called the things that you'll do for a good shag. Pretty much sell their soul for a good shag. Yeah, right. I mean, it. But yeah, that's like it just. You know the Julia and Frank element are the two worst elements in in the book, and then the Cenobites are really just indifferent, uh, you know, administrators of fucking punishment. Yeah. And I the way I saw it, and I'll pose the question next to well. Because here's the thing that I got from it was the um, do you feel like a lack of contentment in your life can be like opening Pandora's box? Well, yeah. I, feel, yeah, I felt yeah. like that that was exactly where they were going. Yeah, with, or where Bart was going with this was the fact that you may sit here and like right now I may think you know oh things are so great and all that, but you still you have those dreams of having this much money and being able having you know five cars in a garage and all that but there's always some sick twisted fucked up you know around the barn type shit that always comes along that line and to me that's kind of where like the Cenobites come into you know you have all this want 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 and not being content and then all of a sudden they're just like nope 
there you go. We'll give you what you want, but we're going to slap you fucking in the face with it. <laughs> so that was my opinion anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good opinion. They're all good opinions, really. Well, yeah. That's the beauty of shows like this and an evening at the movies is we're all allowed to have our opinions and our interpretations. And we may tease each other and wink, wink, opinion shame. But at the end of the day, <laughs> we fully support everybody's right to have their own opinion and their own interpretation. So, oh no, I was just saying in general, like it was, they were they were all good opinions. Like even if I was going to give somebody a jab in the rib, like a ha ha, wink wink, nudge nudge. No, like they're all legit. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's just like I mean, it's uh, the the stuff that it goes into how it goes in a little bit more detail with the acquisition of the, of the victims. Like mm-hmm. you can, you, like yeah. it, it, it's always been, it's even put out in a context to like where, you know, there's really like it, there, there are maybe one or two truly innocent characters in the entire book. And, you know, Rory being one of them, but, you know, I guess you know you could say that he had his own faults, and then and, and then Kirsty, <coughs> that bitch. Tech, technically, she stole the box, so she definitely technically did wrong. True. And she's lusting after a man who doesn't know she exists. <laughs> and she was, and she wanted to commit the adultery. Aha. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, nobody's one of our staple. Yeah. Anytime anybody ever says "aha," it's "aha, aha, But yeah, yeah, like, and that's I think uh, I I guess I just kind of realized that. But that's another message that it kind of gives off too is that there's like nobody's innocent in any capacity. I am. Yeah. I've I've heard of the atrocities you you put people through in the past. Uh, no, I mean I could bring up the light bright peg incident, but I won't. That was well deserved. Oh, I'm sure it probably was. <laughs> at least in your warped fucking opinion, and I'm pretty sure your brother probably didn't feel it was deserved. Oh, he knew. He no, knew. I, I was gonna say he probably had it coming. Oh yeah. But that yeah, devious yeah. thought process there—that that you know—that's that's that's how you end up being a Cenobite. That's that's how you end up becoming a Cenobite. Having that, having that, you know, so devious you devious plot. <laughs> so what you're saying is, are you insinuating this? Except for you don't have to solve a puzzle to summon her. Wow, you just have to like offer me cheese. <laughs> Go to the damn store, buy a damn jar of elastic, and you know, here you go, Shanna. And all of a sudden, she'll appear out of nowhere. I will be making dill pickle wrap dip early or later today. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Not until after we're done with this episode. Oh, I know that. I do not have the ability to multitask. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. 
And it doesn't matter with the fact that I do believe I have adult ADHD going on in my head because I can't always focus on one thing for too fucking long. But I digress. So um, is there anything else that anybody else would like to bring up about the book before we dive into our reviews and ratings? I would suggest that if someone wants to tackle this, I would suggest doing the audio version just because it is easy. It's more palatable. It's easier to follow. Um, as far as like the, the physical book, it, it's a lot. And it's not a long <laughs> book, but it's a lot. Plus, you know, Doug, Brad, Doug Bradley makes everything sound better yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. Well, and like I said, too, with Barker, you get everything that you get from King in 700 pages less. So there is that to fully understand, too. If you have not experienced reading a Clyde Barker book, just know that you're going to get slapped in the face with a whole lot of detail. Very short. <laughs> so. Queenie. What? Was there anything else that you would like to bring up? Uh before, no. Before we okay. Chance, anything else you got? No, I'm I'm good with reviews and yeah. All right. So um while we have her unmute, um I'll go ahead and let the one below me give her rating and review first. That way she can get back to sorting through her Tay-Tay bracelets. So, her Tay-Tay -tay, -tay lacelets. Sorry. As long as, you're not, as long as you're not going to cough, go ahead and give us your thoughts and your rating for the book, Queenie. Okay. I mean, I thought it was an interesting story. Um... It wasn't really my cup of tea. Like I said, it was a little a little weird and out there. But overall, I liked the story. Um, I liked the book better than I liked the movie. But um, I think for the book, you know, for the writing and everything, I give it, I give it like a three point eight out of five. Bloody neighbors that get picked up at bars and then murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, want to come home with me? That's where y'all no. always get yourselves into trouble. Uh, Shanna? I am with Amanda. This was not my preferred cup of tea. Um, I like mine a little sweeter. Less urine in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More caca. I do feel like I'm part of the cool kids club because I read it and I feel like that would give me some street yeah. cred with like horror aficionados. They'll be like, what's the most fucked up horror movie you've ever seen? I'll one up you, sir. I read the Hellbound Heart. Say something. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, I feel like that's a, a cool thing to add to my resume. Um, I probably will not reread it. But I probably now I kind of want to watch the remake again because I liked it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm gonna give it. I need to watch. I need to watch the remake. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it. Um, I think I'm gonna give it three pins in the head. 
Oh, okay. Hashtag you both need to freaking watch the original again because we're doing it in a couple weeks on an evening at the movies. I just did watch it. You know I did. I texted you about it or messaged you. I was like, I know. Movie's disgusting. You watch it and let it I'm on fully develop that you. You need to let its essence take root deep in your soul. Uh, that's a hard pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> what soul? I, uh... I I would say you know, for for a guy that's really not into for fiction novels, um, the fact that it stuck with me as long as it has probably says a lot more to the to the graphic nature of the content more than the quality <laughs> itself. But what would you uh, do if they said that this was like this was nonfiction, like what would you do if you found this book in the nonfiction section of the library? I would have shit. I would have fucking shit. I would have shit my pants and been like, I would have had a my for sure. I'm like, yo, yo, you guys need to read this. This really happened. <laughs> like they give the little blurb based on a true story. What? <laughs> what? Dude, I would go out to find the box to give it to somebody else. <laughs> I would stay far, far yeah. away because my luck, I would do something like I would fart near it and it would like <laughs> it would pop de- open de- and I'd be like, damn it. Honestly, out of five though, I'd probably say four. I mean, four is a good solid number. I'm not going to give it a full five stars because I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to fanboy over it that hard. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know what it is. There's something about Either the, even the movie and the book, like there's just something about that story that that Why really just grab, yeah, it just grabs me because well, I think it is the element that you know the worst people, the bad guys, if you will, the baddies were yeah. like you know were the pretty people and the cool people, like yeah, those upstanding quote unquote citizenry. <laughs> well. Minus Frank. Frank's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say I'd say four. I'd give it a solid four. Four le- four tongues on the inside of a thigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna agree with uh, all three of my esteemed colleagues. Um it's definitely not a story for everybody. It's definitely not a story for all types of horror fans. Um, you have to be in, really into that aggressive blah kind of horror where you're going to start and it's going to... a very good adjective. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, I could have gone with a different adjective visual adjective but i'm not going to do that because we, i can because we don't do video releases on Lord Reaper. it's one of those horror type movies with, <laughs> but <laughs> on the floor on the floor yeah that was weird been, that part was weird to me <laughs> Why though? I mean, if the guy's literally sorry, Casey, the guy's literally experiencing 
every sexual moment that he's ever had in his entire life after already realizing that all of his senses are heightened, I would almost think that it would, you know, I'm surprised he had the wherewithal to realize the sad, pitiful sight that he must have made. But like in that moment, I'm calling bullshit because like he wouldn't have been able to think about that. Like there's like almost, I'm almost going to go that everybody would have been on that train. Because they are offering his jizz up to them as a, as a, as a uh, oh, yeah, I guess there's like that. I'm so turned on, I jerked off, but like, hey, I'm gonna do this because I feel like it's what they need. Oh, Why see, I thought this game look like Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear lord. So, yeah, like I said, I've been a King fan for almost as long as I can remember. Uh, was probably eighth grade when a friend of mine recommended Barker to me, and yeah, it was a mind blowing experience to say the least. But it's a mood blowing. I've read a lot, I have read a lot worse literature, not going to name any names, but. They may or may not be entitled the spare room. <laughs> there but, were no chiz stains discussed. No, and with the spare room, they did not kill the animal either. Exactly. So, well, that will not be as much an issue when we come back around here in a couple books when we get to my next choice. But I digress. We will get to that later. Um, yeah, if you are definitely a fan of, I guess the right word might be hardcore horror, then definitely go ahead and check it out. Again, it's not for everybody. So be warned if you're going to just half-assed come into it and expect for greatness. It's- and if you're wanting a trigger warning, I'm just going to say Yes. Point the trigger warning. There's just one big fat trigger warning. The book is a trigger warning. Yes. The second you open the book, that trigger gets pulled. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and second Chancey's opinion, and I'm going to give it a four out of five, which we all pretty much had a fairly close rating for. Yeah. The movie as well, so or the book as well. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with four out of five the Marchand's box. So we God, I hope there's not four of them in the world. (laughs) I hope to God there's not four of those things out there because the more those things are that are out there, no thanks. Yeah, definitely. So um Definitely. Uh, thank you, Chancy, for being here and recommending the book. Thank you. It was a great. It, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you for volunteering to cross over with us and do Hellraiser in a couple weeks. Oh, now it's a great idea. Book. Then some of us may or may not need to grab the movie and sit down and do a rewatch because they haven't seen it in thirty plus years. <laughs> but. Again, um, as always, 
just thank you to the listeners for being here each and every week. You guys are awesome, and you guys are the reason why. We are one of the top-rated literature review podcasts on Good Pods. So, again, as always, thank you for supporting the show. And with that said, Chansey, uh, go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find all of your stuff and how to find you on the social webs or the social media. The social webs. Uh, well, on the social medias, uh, my Facebook is my name. Um, good luck on that one. <laughs> and then the uh, uh, Instagram and TikTok is Red Eye Roundtable. And uh, X is uh, Red Eye Pod. And uh, you can find us live on uh, the uh, U3 uh, network doing live shows. And then we release our YouTube video shows every Friday. So you can always come in for the live experience or wait around until the Friday and get, you know, a different show. And also coming up here in the next few weeks, both of the maniacal music musification hosts will be making an appearance on the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network drafts. Finally, because evidently it's been requested and they need to be on the show. Yes, they need to be on the show. But scheduling a podcast cannot always be the easiest thing in the world. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, Let's see. Amanda went first on the review. Shanna, what's coming up on Crime Rewind? Well, Amanda and I will be dropping episode two of season two on Tuesday, which is True Crime Tuesday, where we like to tell you the old, cold, and often untold tales of true crime. Um, So you can catch us there everywhere you get your podcast fixes. And then you can also interact with us on the socials, um, mostly Facebook under Crime Rewind Podcast. Heck yeah. That was a killer catch line. Thank y'all. She's becoming a very well-seasoned podcast host veteran. Yes. Amanda, to steal a phrase from Harvey. This week on the SIP list, we will have top five um, TV villains. And then next week, uh, top five vampire characters. So hmm. stay tuned for those. Hashtag somebody else on this show may or may not be a part of that episode. Tune in <laughs> and find out. But it was a great episode, and a lot of great vampires were brought up in that episode. Yeah. So definitely check it out. I highly recommend the simplest. I highly recommend M cubed. I pretty much, especially the last month or so, I recommend Crime Rewind because Amanda wasn't on it and I was a lot. So, <laughs> and see how creepy Shannon can be. Some of her, not my fault. You got COVID and needed freaking help filling in. But yeah, definitely, the fun part for me about crime rewind is seeing just how uneasy and creeped out Shannon can make Amanda and I feel, or even Chancey cause Chancey has been on the show as well. It's a gift. So, it's fun. Definitely check it I out. I mean, well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that it's fun. You know, it's one of those shows where you like, you love the shit out of it, 
but it's one of them things where like when you try and like you know you like give it its props you sound like one of them fucked up assholes they're like dude yeah. listen to this awesome show about these fucking horrible things that happen yeah. to these people it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> We do try and we do pride ourselves on being respectful to the victims while, yeah. while still being able to tell the story in an entertaining yeah. way to engage our listeners. Because if it was just the run of the mill, just telling of the story, that doesn't help get the attention out there for right. the crimes that happen in the victims. So we have to do it in an entertaining way so that way it draws the listener in. And yeah. you do it well. Thank you. We try. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, definitely check out Crime Rewind. Definitely check out Maniacal Music Musifications. For those of you who don't know, Maniacal Music Musings, just so we don't misdirect people to a different weird... Yep, yep. Show. Spotify, YouTube, for sure. Uh, definitely check out uh, The Sip List. All yes. shows each and every week. And with all that said, now here we come to time for Casey to go down a rabbit hole. So I hope you guys have emptied your bladders. Uh oh, not the bladder. <laughs> Actually, hey, I listen. Have tea, so let's. <laughs> the last the last time somebody said something about emptying a bladder with this book, they got fucked up. All right, so I ain't getting up and doing nothing. <laughs> the acrid stench of urine. <laughs> <laughs> really quick, coming up next on Literature Reapers here within God the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. We will be discussing it. A, a time to kill. No, to kill a mockingbird. Yes. Lots of killing by Mr. DeAndre Robinson. We already discussed a time to kill on this show, and it is what it is. But um, coming up also on an evening at the movies, we've got the rest of Stephen King birthday bonanza three, uh, Halloween Horror Fest twenty twenty three coming up next month as well as Harvey's birthday movie on October 29th, which is So I Married an Ex-Murderer. So definitely stay tuned and check out all of those episodes as well. We've got some other surprises coming up. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole because if I do that, then Amanda will end up wetting her pants, and that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So definitely you can find us on all the social medias and as well every Tuesday night on the I did not make these rankings podcast network drafts and yeah I think that pretty much covers it so (laughs) thank you Chancy for being here and um, at the end of the day grab yourself a book but just make sure that you don't fear the Reapers. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.